0: Yeah, we better be funny in the episode or <laughs> because we don't have any lead time. <laughs> uh. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina and I'm Renee. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today is our Summer Bonanza episode.
1: If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing us on social media. It truly helps us connect with other book lovers.
0: Hey everyone! We wanted to take the time at the top of the show to invite you to become a patron of Book Talk, etc. If you're not familiar, Patreon is an online membership platform that gives you a way to financially support our show. And for $5 a month, you get access to all of our bonus content. We love our Patreon community and spend a lot of time to make sure that you're really getting the most out of your $5 a month. And so we hope you'll consider joining us. Some of the bonuses you'll get are two bonus podcast episodes every month, including What's in the Mailbag, Books We DNF'd, or Book Talk After Dark. You will also get an invite to our live events, which include book club meetings, author chats, and mood reader happy hours. There's also spreadsheets and social connections via a private Facebook group and our Discord server. And now it is time to tell you about the brand new show that we are bringing to our community. Our patrons are getting access to the first episode of Criminally Booked. This is a passion side project that Renee and I have been working on behind the scenes for a couple of months now. Criminally Booked is a bonus episode that really feeds into our mystery and true crime obsession. And on Criminally Booked, we will detail one true crime story for you and tie it in with some fiction book recommendations. The book tie-ins are exclusive to Criminally Booked, and trust me when I say if you like crime fiction, you don't want to miss out on these recommendations. So if all of this sounds like something you'd be interested in, head to patreon.com slash etc to sign up. And again, thank you so much for your support. Hey, Renee. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's summer bonanza day. Oh, I am
1: so excited. The crop of summer books to choose from was nuts. I had oh, so yeah. much fun whittling them down. I just took out four more only because <laughs> we we can't bring everything. So yes. I'm really excited, and we haven't shared with
0: each other what we are bringing. Right. So I have no idea what Renee is bringing. She does not know what I'm bringing. What is your prediction? How many overlaps do you think we'll have? I'm predicting one. I was going to say two. I okay. bet you are going to have two. Now, I don't know what titles I think you'll have. <laughs> I have no clue. But I'm like, I bet of all of these, there's going to be at least two that we have that are overlapping.
1: Well, yeah, I'll tell you at the end, obviously, which title I think is the possibility I'm thinking of. Because I do, okay. I do have one in mind that we b- might both be bringing, but if so, there's backups, so.
0: Absolutely, don't you <laughs> worry. You'll be getting 10 books from each of us, and these are the books that we're the most excited, or some of the books that we're the mm-hmm. most excited to read this summer, to try this summer. And this is the Book Talk, et Etc. version of the summer reading guide. All of these books are coming out this summer. They are new, and they're not ones that we've read yet, but plan to.
1: Exactly, right. My goal was to, first and foremost, pick books that i personally am very excited about. Yes. And second to try to also bring some choices that are not everywhere and not on every single other list. So there's some glaring obvious ones i guess i would say that are that are not on my list and i don't know if they're on yours, but that's just because i wanted to try to bring some different
0: ones. Absolutely. Yeah, mine too. I don't have like the big name. Like I didn't put um, Carrie Soto. Is That's back. what I was just Taylor thinking Jenkins of. I didn't, no, know I, didn't were, I didn't want one. to mention
1: it because I didn't know if you had it on your list. No,
0: even though it's perfectly, I'm obviously going to read it. It's perfect mm-hmm. for summer. But no, big name author's I have maybe a couple, but yeah, mine are hopefully ones that are going to be a little bit newer to the listeners. So let's jump into Loving Lately. And my Loving Lately is somebody that I've been following on YouTube for probably five years, like literally such a long time. Her name's Taylor Wynn. And she's by far my favorite person to watch on YouTube. Vlogging is so strange. Like, why do I like watching these people, (laughs) like, go grocery shopping, get their nails? I do. (laughs) And so she started out in the beauty space and now has kind of expanded her channel to include lifestyle and other things. What's been so fun, though, is that for the last eight months, she's been living what she calls the nomad lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so she used to live in Seattle rents out her place and has been living in different cities all over the U.S. to try and test them out and see where she wants to move more permanently. So it's so cool to watch her go. I mean, she's been to Austin, Boston, Miami, and right now she's in Chicago, which is like really fun to see one of your favorite influencers Mm -hmm. in your city because she's finding things. I'm like, I work right there. I've never been to that donut shop or whatever, you know. So it's fun to see her treat it like a tourist and she's loving it. She's saying great things about Chicago and getting some really beautiful footage of the city, which is making me so happy. I will say I've gotten a lot of my loving latelys from her channel, like just in general through the years. She finds things that are really nice, like my teeth whitener's from her. I'm looking at my computer, <laughs> my background she made and like made available. So anyway, if this sounds like something you're interested in, somebody you want to get to know, check her out on YouTube. Her name is Taylor Wynn, W-Y-N-N. That sounds fascinating. Did you
1: say she's going to end up picking a place to live at the end of this? Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's going to pick a place she wants to live. I think Chicago is up there, but, you know, she's, like, going to different cities. So far, just in the U.S., but I think she also has an international trip plan. But I'm like, that is so freaking cool, right? Like, it's very fun to live vicariously. I'm obviously, like, in a house here in the suburbs (laughs) of Chicago and not going on trips anytime soon like that. So it's really fun to watch her just, like, explore and and learn new cities.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. All right, my loving lately. I was trying to think, what is something I love for the summer? And I am bringing a wide leg crop pant. I love a wide leg crop pant for the summer. I love nice. it. And this one is from Athleta. These are my absolute favorite. And it's their Sea Soft Straight Pants. And don't let that name fool you because it's a wide leg crop, it's a sweatpant material, but uh-huh. they are super. Soft and they're great for commuting, work, travel. I have black. I have another kind of like black and gray color, and I just ordered a light gray. So, I mean, it's very simple. They're very flowing. Mm -hmm. So, really lightweight, but really soft. They're made of a sandwashed fabric, but they're not hot. They don't get hot. It's very strange. It's really, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know exactly how they do that, but I wear them all summer, sometimes all day, but definitely it's what I put on in the evenings. They're really comfy. And then something I love that Athleta does is they make these little pockets big enough so you can put your phone. And then sometimes not for these particular pants, but I have others where where they have zippers for your keys and they're just, I I really like their products. Also, these have an adjustable draw cord waistband, so you can adjust. They're not super tight. They're not super loose. To me, they fit true to size. They are a little bit on the pricier side at $98, Mm -hmm. but- Mm -hmm. I have an Athleta credit card uh, that I've had for years, and I can use it at Banana Republic, Athleta, Gap.
0: That's what I was thinking. I'm always accumulating. Yeah,
1: I'm always accumulating rewards money. So I really, I never, ever pay full price for anything that I order. I usually have at least $20 off at some point. So
0: that's the Athleta Sea Soft Straight Pant. I'm glad you brought that. I was trying to find something that I like for summer. I truly was drawing a blank because it's not warm yet. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I know summer's coming. Like in theory, we had like four warm days and now it's back to like 50s. And I'm like, I swear it gets warm here at some point, but I don't know. I couldn't get into the right mindset of like finding something that was summery. So I'm glad (laughs) that you were able to grab something for us. Yes.
1: They have other wide leg crop pants of different fabric. So if you like a wide leg, definitely check out their website. Wide leg is very in right now. It's so comfy. It's
0: so comfy. I don't know if you knew that. Yes.
1: No, I didn't. I don't follow the fashion trends,
0: but (laughs) (laughs) I I. I I just go for comfort. All right. Well, let's get into latest reads. And my latest read is one we are going to want to talk about. It is written by an author whose books always put me in a summer mood. Riley Sager my latest read is The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager and I have thoughts (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to try and share just enough to fill you in because there were a ton of wild reveals in this one I will say I was texting Renee throughout and Mm -hmm. tempted her so much that she read it right after because I was like you've got to read that like we have to talk about this so here's the setup the book kind of plunges you right into the action. Like, you start right away. Casey Fletcher is recently widowed, and she was an actress, and she's trying to escape this streak of bad press. She's basically hiding out at her family home in rural Vermont and passes the time by drinking and watching the glamorous couple across the lake from her. And so in one of the first scenes, Casey is like, wait a minute, I'm watching this lake. Do I see a woman flailing? Like, so she goes, and this woman's actually drowning in the lake. So the two strike up a friendship. And the woman that she saves is Catherine. And Catherine is a former supermodel who is married to Tom, a wealthy tech guy. And Casey digs out her late husband's binoculars and becomes obsessed with watching them. She then, of course, as you might expect, sees a fight, sees them argue, and starts to suspect that their marriage is not as perfect as it appears to be on the surface. And then Catherine suddenly vanishes, and Casey becomes consumed with trying to figure out what is going on. Although this might sound like something you've read before, trust me when I say this will take you to some unpredictable places. I listened to it, and the audiobook narrator has a very unique voice. And I swear, she sounds much older than the woman is in the book or the the, the audiobook narrator is in real life, but I swear her voice grew on me. <laughs> it's very unique. You have to hear it. I had some major issues with this book, but I can't tell you why without spoiling things. So Renee and I basically decided that we have to do a Riley Sager deep dive because his <laughs> books are so polarizing and somehow entertaining but frustrating. Mm-hmm. So we'll get the full scoop for a future Patreon episode. With this one, I thought we had a winner. I was like, heck yeah, I'm in. I was in a thriller mood when I picked it up, and it sucked me in, I swear. I was thinking, could this be a five-star read? Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Until we got to 70%. And then I was like, no, it's a one-star. <laughs> um, no. And then once I kind of accepted what was going on, I swear to you, I was like, maybe, wait, maybe it is a good, maybe I am entertained. Like, what's going on in But I will say, until the very end, that's when things went way too far into the ridiculous territory for me. I would say don't go into this expecting a true psychological thriller, and you might be more satisfied than I was. I will say this book is very campy. If that, the idea of like a campy summer horror thriller novel sounds good, this might work for you. It was binge-worthy, and despite my criticism, I am ultimately glad I read it. If you read it and want to discuss with me, my DMs are open because you are going to want to talk to somebody (laughs) about this book. So I don't know. Is this a resounding recommendation? No, but I was entertained. This book was The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. Well,
1: I will second the fact that it was binge-worthy. And I, I may bring my thoughts at another time. I think that what I can say, what he does... I mean, he definitely has a niche. He had mm-hmm. and and he does it well, which is bring that summer setting, the yeah. lake, the people behaving badly, you know. But I'm just not sure why he takes it off a deep cliff at the end. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. It pulls you in. It really. I mean, I when you said, "Oh, you have to read this. I need you to read this," mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay." I yeah. I was able to grab the audio and. I listened to it in a day. So there's that. But deep feelings, I also did not in any way, shape, or form like the ending. And so, Mm. yeah. And that's fair enough. We're trying to be very diplomatic. (laughs) Right. Definitely uh, have someone ready to talk about this book with if you're going to read it. Yes. So that was good advice. Okay. My latest read is Necessary People by Anna Petoniak. Oh, okay. And this had been on my bookshelf since it was a book of the month pick uh, way back in 2019. And of course, it has been sitting patiently with all my other books on my literal bookshelf, like print copies that end up not getting read. But I ended up picking it up because Katie from Basic Bees Guide and Kelly from Dear Mr. Hemingway, they picked it for their monthly Dear Basic Buddy Read Chat on Instagram for the month of May. So I thought, that sounds perfect. I will jump in on that and actually read the book. (laughs) So I ended up getting the audio and combined print and audio, and I ended up sticking with the audio. So let me tell you what it was about. This is a frenemy story of the highest caliber. So there's two friends, two best friends, Stella and Violet and they meet in college. Stella is beautiful, privileged, and reckless, and comes from a super wealthy family. And Violet comes from a neglectful family. She is hardworking and laser-focused. She, As far as their friendship goes, she's usually in Stella's shadow and oftentimes ends up cleaning up the mess that Stella leaves. After they graduate... Violet moves to New York and lands a job in cable news, and she slowly works her way up from intern to assistant to producer. She finally feels like she has a place in the world apart from Stella. Stella kind of goes and travels, and they still maintain a friendship, but they're both doing their own things. As Violet becomes more successful, Stella becomes a little more jealous. And she decides to return to New York and sets her sights on getting a job at the same newsroom that Violet is. Okay. That's the main setup. Things go from interesting to diabolical to twisty in no time. And you have to read to find out where this friendship is going to go and what happens when Stella's star becomes all the much brighter and Violet is at the same time fuming behind the camera. You have to read to find out what happens. And believe me, it goes in some very interesting directions. So someone on Goodreads dubbed this a high level of frenemies suspense. And I would completely agree with that. I mean, this is really a page turning story about best friends who become rivals set against the cutthroat world of broadcast news. And I really, really love that. To me, it was a fun, juicy page turner. I didn't love either character, but I was riveted to see how their friendship was going to implode. Because of course, I mean, the tone is there, you know, It's going to implode at some point. I thought the author did a great job of keeping an edge of your seat pace and tone because I needed to find out how these two were going to destroy each other or not. There were times I found it infuriating, especially Violet. She put up with a lot and I didn't. Oh, it's so frustrating because you want to shake her. This book gave me the vibes of The Morning Show on Apple TV. So I kept picturing Jennifer Aniston as Stella, and that made it more enjoyable. I love the newsroom setting, behind the scenes of what goes on producing these type of shows, the cutthroat industry, everything, the side characters. I thought they all were really, really well done. There's a nice mix of rich people behaving badly Paired with being able to root for an underdog. My only criticism, and it is kind of a, it's a big one, but I can't tell you too much about it because it's the ending. I found it abrupt and unfinished. I mean, to the point of, I thought that the audio had accidentally stopped. And then I, and then I started to hear the ending credits and I was like, no, that cannot be. So that is my main criticism. Otherwise, I'm so glad I took this off my shelf. It was Necessary People by Anna Petonia.
0: I really like that one. Yeah, I read it a couple years ago, and it was good. You nailed it. It's that complicated, twisty female friendship, love the newsroom, Mm -hmm. jealousy, obsession. And now you made me want to watch the show, The Morning Show. You reminded me that's been on my list for a long time. Oh, you will love The Morning Show. I know, and I love those actresses, so I don't know what Mm -hmm. my my, my deal is. I Mm -hmm. mean... (laughs) Maybe it's all this reading is getting in the way of my television time.
1: <laughs> you right, could, You could squeeze that in.
0: I think it's so. A bin, I think it's so. bingeable. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about our summer reading list and how did you find the books and how did you narrow it down to get these 10 books on your summer bonanza list?
1: I did quite a lot of Googling. Interesting for me was I had already found a lot of these on NetGalley and mm-hmm. I have copies of not all of them, but a lot of them. So I don't know when I started. Who I probably started researching in the winter. Who knows? <laughs> but I went through and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot I had this for summer. So a lot of Googling, a lot of checking out other summer reading lists and then going from there. One, at least, is a trusted author. So I don't know. I I think it just a lot of internet research, a lot of seeing what new debuts are coming out. That's, I do a lot,
0: I do a lot of that. And then I just whittle it down from there. What about you? I was on Netgalley and going through pages and pages of books that are coming out in the summer. I mean, I must have like swiped through. I don't know, 40 pages of books <laughs> and anything that looked interesting, I was like I put it on my little list and I will say a lot of mine are cover initially they got I got sucked in because of the cover. The cover on these books are incredible for like 90% of mine probably, like such good covers. And then I would look and see what the synopsis said mm-hmm. and if it like made sense because there's obviously there's reading And then there's summer reading and I took a couple off my list because they were a little too literary for what I was looking for for this specific list. My summer reading list is a little bit more thrilling, not to say they're all thrillers, but like literary suspense, crime fiction, some lighter stuff too, but lighter stuff that deals with like some meatier topics. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I was at. I also sampled some. So like you said, I had a bunch uh, approved through NetGalley and I sampled some of them. And just to get a a vibe, a couple pages to see like, all right, is this something I want to continue? And like, is this going to draw readers in? So I did a little bit of sampling too.
1: Okay. I wanted to, and I did not have time to do that. But I know when you were just talking about that, it reminded me of themes and unintentionally, well, except for thrillers. Yes, I want thrillers. We talked about that for Beach Reads. I want thrillers in the summer, but then I try to think, what else do I want? I mean, obviously I'm not going to read all thrillers all summer. And that's where I was able to pick out some other really interesting, for me, I th- and I hope for others, book picks that give me the summer vibes, but offer a little bit more. I found a nonfiction. Mm. I found a short story collection that I think, I know, but then I thought, well, what if one day in the summer, I just don't want to read an entire book, but I want to read just one story. Or what about Mm -hmm. if, you know, everybody's busy in the summer. What if you take your kids to the pool and you just don't have time to read a whole book, but you want a story. So I found this collection and it feels like it's going to be good summer reading. So I guess everything I found ends up giving me an enjoyable summer
0: reading, potentially enjoyable summer reading feel. I noticed I had a lot of themes too, and we didn't even tell each other to pull out the themes. But as I was finalizing my list, I'm like, wow, I'm really into fame books, books about famous people or people trying to be famous or already are famous. I don't know what that's about. California. I have like three or four books, I think, set in California specifically. I have a couple of workplace books because I love a workplace book. I love identity and just, you know, struggling in your career, starting out. And then I have a couple with scandalous crimes that I'm like, obviously, I had to incorporate. Okay. Well, after I put all my books together
1: and then I went back and started looking because this is like maybe a two-week process that I start getting them all together. And then I forget all of them until I put them all back together. <laughs> I think I'm heavy on friendship, mm, friendship drama I- involving murder. Same. Yeah. Which is fair not enough. really like me to gravitate towards that many friendship trips gone wrong, sort of, or oh, friendship dramas mm-hmm. leading to murder. That's kind of new for me this summer. The fact that you just mentioned workplace. Makes me wonder if we have a particular book in common.
0: Oh, I'm nervous. I, I'm literally so nervous. I'm sitting here like, if you bring a couple of these, I'm going to die. Like, I hope I get to them first because I want to talk about them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. We, okay. So, do we well, trust each it. other and, and I know. the listeners enough? Right. Start us out. This one you don't have on your list. I don't think so, at all because this is very much a Tina book. Okay. My first book on the Summer Bonanza 2022 list is Aurora by David Kopp. And this one comes out on June 7th, so we don't have to wait too long. This is right in my wheelhouse and has a Chicago connection. The Aurora in the title is Aurora, Illinois, which is not far from where I'm at. So Aubrey Wheeler is just trying to get by after her semi-criminal ex-husband left, leaving behind his unruly teenage son. And then the lights go out, not just in Aurora, but across the globe a solar storm. So there's a reason, y'all. It's not a unidentified (laughs) whatever. A solar storm has knocked the power out almost everywhere. And her problems really go from being one of, you know, existential crises to one of survival. And suddenly she is thrust into this role of protector. Her brother theoretically could help them out, but he's across the country in Silicon Valley. And he is a doomsday prepper, if you will. And he's riding things out in his gilded desert bunker, which, you know, must be nice. But it sounds like those siblings have a complicated history between them and they're still dealing with some fallout. And what feels like the end of the world is just the beginning of several long overdue reckonings, which not everyone will survive. I'm like, hello, reckoning, (laughs) a pandemic potentially. I mean, this one sounds so, so good. I love the cover too. This one is Aurora by David Cup. All right. Yes, I did see that somewhere along the way. It sounds good. I'm like, give it to me
1: right now. Give it to me right now. I want to read it. <laughs> All right. My first book is one that maybe you, you may have seen around because it is on a lot of the biggies. It's Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen, and it comes out June 7th. And this is being recommended by Entertainment Weekly, Cosmo, Oprah Daily, Vogue, pop sugar, like I said, some of the biggies. This is the story of two Asian American women who band together to grow a counterfeit handbag scheme into a global enterprise. It is a blend of fashion, crime, and friendship. That's literally all I needed to know, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to tell you a little bit more. This is about Ava and her college friend Winnie. Now, Ava in present day, is straight-laced, rule-abiding, Chinese-American lawyer. She has a successful surgeon as a husband, a young son, a beautiful home. On the surface, a perfect life. However, underneath the surface, her marriage is failing, she doesn't use her law degree, and her toddler's tantrums are pushing her to the breaking point. So when Winnie... Comes back into her life after many years, 20 years actually, of not speaking. Because once they finished college, actually, Winnie dropped off kind of the face of the earth and she hadn't really heard from her. So Winnie enters the picture, and with her comes a coveted lifestyle. She comes back into Ava's world with luxury goods, including a coveted Birkin in classic orange, which I'm assuming is a real thing, but I know nothing about. So what's the secret to her success? Well, turns out she has developed an ingenious counterfeit scheme that involves importing near exact replicas of luxury handbags, but she needs someone with a U.S. passport to help manage her business. What sounds like A too-good-to-be-true story leads Ava into spectacular success, followed very quickly by Winnie vanishing again, and Ava is left to face the consequences. I love the sound of this because I love the fashion element. I love that this sounds very different. It's billed as swift, surprising, and sharply comic, but it also brings in deeper themes of the upscale designer storefronts, with the behind the scenes of Chinese factories where these goods are being made, and I like that mm. the deep, I like the deeper theme aspect. Yeah. So that's Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen. That
0: one does sound good. My next book, this one's one I know is on both of our lists. It's More Than You'll Ever Know by Katie mm. Gutierrez. This one comes out on June seventh as well. And this is debut literary suspense about a woman caught leading a double life after one husband murders the other and the true crime writer who becomes obsessed with telling her story. It's got dual timelines. You have one in 1985 where Dolores Lore Rivera marries Andres Russo in Mexico City, even though she is already married to Fabian Rivera in Laredo, Texas. And they have twin sons. But you see, she's an international banker, so she does split her time between the U.S. and Mexico, and she has these two families until the truth is revealed and one husband is arrested for murdering the other. But the book opens out in 2017 with struggling true crime writer Cassie Bowman, who discovers this story. And she's so funny. I did read a few pages of this book. She's got alerts set for, like, scandalous crimes. And, like, obviously, this is her blog. That's what she does for work. But she finds this story, and it's like, Lore had declined to be interviewed. So she's never been interviewed. She becomes obsessed with trying to answer this question. What would possess a woman and a mother to risk everything for this secret double marriage? So she tracks Loray down, and soon, her determination to uncover the truth could threaten to derail Loray's now quiet life and expose the many secrets both women are hiding. This book's about motherhood. It's about expectation, and it sounds like this one would be pretty good for book club. I think there's a lot to unpack here. What I like is that it really is this dual timeline. So you're in 2017, and then you're back in 1985, and it's just interesting to see those two. I want to see these two timelines intersect. So this one sounds really good. It is more than you'll ever know by Katie Gutierrez.
1: Yes, that's definitely on my list, and that cover's really good.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a good one. I love it. That. That's what got me initially, I think.
1: Okay. Well, my next pick is my nonfiction. And this got me with the title and the cover, both perfection. The Last Resort, A Chronicle of Paradise, Profit, and Peril at the Beach by Sarah Stodola. And this comes out June 28th. This is being billed as a captivating exploration of beach resort culture. How fascinating is that? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the author is a journalist who uses her firsthand travel notes to start to explore, number one, what's happening on beaches, the history, what it means, or why are we so fascinated? Why do we love going to the beach? why is it the ultimate paradise so she dives into the psyche of the beach goer i just think i know both of you and i we love remember we said we love going to the beach but you don't want to get your feet in the sand <laughs> but what do we love about the beach so she dives into that gets to the heart of what drives humans to seek out the sand at the same time she also looks at the darker re- realities of resort culture The strangleholds on local economies, the reckless construction, the erosion of beaches, the weighty carbon footprints, and the inevitable overdevelopment and decline that comes with a soaring demand for popular shorelines. I love the fact that in this story, using her travel notes, she takes us from Monte Carlo where the pursuit of pleasure first became part of the beach resort experience to a village in Fiji that was changed by the opening of a single resort from the overdevelopment that stripped Acapulco of its reputation for exclusivity to Miami Beach, where extreme measures are underway to prevent the barrier island from vanishing into the ocean. I know this sounds like a different type of beach read or a like a summer read, but I think this sounds fascinating. It sounds like she leaves us at some point examining the fact that in our globalized world with our culture, economy and interconnectedness and the fact that sea levels are supposed to rise Mm -hmm. one and a half to three feet by the end of this century, beaches are going to become increasingly difficult to preserve. And some of them may disappear altogether and what will our last resort be when the water starts to fill the lobbies? It's like, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds, yeah. I I, I really can't wait to read this. It's called The Last Resort,
0: A Chronicle of Paradise, Profit, and Peril at the Beach. That does sound good. And you're right. The cover's awesome. I mm-hmm. love it. It's like a little illustration. And oh, it's very
1: eye-catching. That's what drew me in initially. And then I saw that it was nonfiction. I'm like, tell me more. Mm-hmm.
0: Next for me is The Lifestyle by Taylor Hahn. And this one comes out June 7th. And it's about a woman named Georgina Wagman. She has it all. She's got a great marriage, a great job at a prestigious law firm, and great friends. She's living the life she has always wanted, and everything is perfect. That is until she walks into her husband in a compromising position with a junior associate, and she has a moment of crisis. Divorce is not a part of her five-year plan, So she comes up with an idea to save her marriage and recapture the spark. She and Nathan decide to become swingers. Mm, So in order to sweeten the deal, she drags some of her friends and their partners in along for the ride. And Georgina is secretly thrilled because for years she's been convinced that two of her friends, Felix and Nora, belong together. And she figures what better place to reignite the romance between two people destined to be together than a swingers party. Her plan is foolproof until she runs into a college ex at the first party. They reconnect, and she finds herself torn between her head and her heart. And this book is lighter. It's meant to be a little bit kind of, uh, I think, not funny, but like with a little bit of heft, a little bit of intrigue. It's for fans of Jennifer Weiner and Sophie Kinsella. So if that gives you like the vibe that you're going for with this one. It's also loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma. So I immediately thought of Clueless and Cher Horowitz and how she tries to like put these two people together, which is also based on Emma. So I thought this was super fun. This is The Lifestyle by Taylor Hahn.
1: Okay, you win for bringing me a book I never found in all of my searches. Never? no. Good. I don't job. Know what to say. That
0: sounds so good. <laughs> it sounds fun, right? When, yeah. And didn't we do that once? Oh no, they did an open marriage last year or a couple years ago with Last Couple Standing with Matthew that's Norman's what I
1: book. Was, I that's what I was thinking
0: yeah. of when um you started to describe
1: this. Yes. Yeah, but these folks are swingers. So we'll see how that goes for them. <laughs> the word I was thinking of was frothy when you were talking.
0: Frothy. Yeah. Yeah, but frothy, but a little kind of like mm-hmm. not scandalous, but a little bit like, ooh, juicy. Tell me yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. all right.
1: Good one. Okay, next I'm bringing you the short stories I found. It's called The Angel of Rome and Other Stories by Jess Walter. And that comes out June 28th. This is a short fiction collection that he highlights moments when everything changes for better, for worse, for the outrageous. There is a diverse cast of characters and the stories bounce from Italy to Idaho, questioning roles in everyone's lives, and finding inspiration in the unlikeliest of places. What he set out to accomplish was putting together some stories about the fact that in our society, we're all famous, quote unquote famous now, curating our social media presences, finding uh, identities online, while at the same time withholding parts of ourselves that we don't want others to see. So that's kind of the inspiration for these stories. And in this book, there is going to be a story with a teenage girl who tries to live up to the image of her beautiful missing mother. There's an elderly couple who confront the fiction writer that they find eavesdropping on their conversation. There's a son who must repeatedly come out to his senile father. There's a famous actor in recovery who has a one-night stand with the world's most surprising film critic. And there is a shy 21-year-old studying Latin in Rome who finds himself face-to-face with the Italian actress of his adolescent dreams. This collection is described as funny, poignant, and redemptive offering a range of dazzling voices and backdrops. I love the sound of of that, the setting and also what he's going for, what he's examining with each one of these stories as far as who are we presenting, who are people presenting to the outside world in social media and what's really going on maybe behind closed doors. So that is The Angel of Rome and other stories by Jess Walter.
0: That does sound good. And I like your Thought process behind bringing a short story like that makes sense to me. Yeah i
1: I can't even tell you the last time I read a short story, but oh, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like why not? It makes sense for the summer because yeah, why not try one even
0: you know one a day or one a week. Mm-hmm. Next for me is a book called Body Grammar from Jules O'Man, and this comes out on June fourteenth. This is a debut coming-of-age queer love story set in the glamorous but grueling world of international modeling. I was like, cool. Sign me up. Like, download. Hit. Like, I want this book in my (laughs) library. So by the time Lou turns 18, modeling agents across Portland have been scouting her for her striking androgynous look. Now, Lou has no interest in fashion or in being in the spotlight. She prefers to take photographs, especially of Ivy, her close friend and secret crush. But then there is a tragic accident on a hike, and Lou finds herself lost and ridden with guilt. So she moves to New York to try and find herself. And she ends up stepping into this dizzying world of international modeling couture, and editorial fashion shoots, and it's this whirlwind of learning to walk and how to command a body she's never felt at ease in. But in the limelight, she begins to fear that she's losing her identity as a person, as an artist, and as someone who's still in love with the girl back home. I used to be a huge fan of America's Next Top Model back in the day. I mean, I watched every single season. I love the modeling world as a concept. I just love the identity, a queer love story. I could not be more curious about this one. This book was called Body Grammar from Jules Omen. Haven't heard of that. It sounds so good. Oh. Wow. I know. it is, I'm like, okay. All right. So what? We've got four down. No overlap wow. yet. Two, two of yours I haven't heard of. Yeah. Okay, I don't
1: think this would be on your radar. It is is Axe of Violet by Margarita Montemore. Nope. Okay, comes out July 5th. And I should have mentioned this is another one of my themes, which is people disappearing,
0: which you'll oh, hear. Well, now, that's, a, that's
1: always. Though. I know, it's always a theme <laughs> for me. And this one has a twist. This is about a famous magician who disappears permanently, leaving her sister to figure out what really happened. Oh, that's fun. Isn't that? uh, Yeah, I love that. That's a different kind of twist on the disappearance story. So, nearly a decade ago, you have iconic magician Violet Volk, and she performed her greatest trick yet vanishing mid act. Literally, she disappears mid act. She has not been seen since, but the public hasn't forgotten about her. Meanwhile, her sister Sasha, who was the responsible one, took over her mother's salon, and built a quiet life for herself and her daughter, Quinn. But Sasha has never been able to escape her sister's orbit or her memories of their unresolved, tumultuous relationship. Cut to podcaster Cameron Frank. And he is determined to finally get his big break hosting a podcast devoted to all things Violet. But... Keeping his job hinges on him getting an exclusive interview with Sasha, who does not want to talk to him. So as the 10-year anniversary of Violet's disappearance approaches, the podcast picks up steam, and Cameron's pursuit of Sasha becomes increasingly intrusive. However, he's not the only one who is wondering and searching for what happened to Violet because Quinn, Sasha's daughter, is also doing her own investigating. So the story is told between Sasha's narration and Cameron's podcast transcripts. I love that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love same. it. Interspersed with documents that offer a tantalizing peek at Violet herself. I love everything about the sound of this. I hope it pans out. That is Acts of Violet by Margarita Monimore.
0: Yes. Very awesome premise. I've never, like, a magician that disappears. Come on. Where'd she go? It's very (laughs) original. Yeah, it does sound like that. All right. Next up for me is NSFW, a novel by Isabel Kaplan. And this one comes out on July 5th. This is a debut, and it's about an unnamed young woman who's trying to succeed in Hollywood without selling her soul. And I love an unnamed narrator. I don't know why. I, lo- I just love when authors are able to do that well, like when they don't have names. I don't know. Something about that intrigues me. So from the outside, our narrator appears to be the epitome of success. She's landed an entry-level position at a leading TV network that thousands of college grads would kill for. She did not grow up in the industry and has a lot to learn. And at first, the high adrenaline work environment motivates her. But as she climbs the ranks, she kind of confronts the reality that creating change from the inside is harder than she expected. The points that she makes only get attention when her male colleagues agree with her. She finds that they're saying, oh, to add to that. And then they're getting credit. And she's getting uh, whispers of abuse and sexual misconduct within the workplace. Now, her mom is an environmental lawyer and basically says, you know what? Keep your head down until you're the one in charge. She's like, yeah, that... Makes sense, but it's going to take her a long time to get there. So eventually, her personal and professional life start to collide, which threatens both the network and her future. She has to decide, am I going to give up this career I worked so hard for, or am I going to be the empowered woman that I claim to be? And this one has dark humor and riveting commentary on the truths of starting out professionally, which I really enjoy. And this is NSFW, a novel by Isabel Kaplan.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to stop saying I haven't heard of that. Why? Because no? I haven't heard of that. And maybe that's the theme for <laughs> the theme between <laughs> us is you're bringing um just about every book I haven't heard of. I Well, oh, to be it. fair,
0: I haven't heard of yours either. I'm really? just not, I guess I'm not saying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I've heard of one, but I yeah, now I can't remember.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Interesting picks. I love it. We have a wide variety going. This one I'm sure you've heard of and I take that back. This is my second trusted author on my list, but I I had to bring it. It's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Oh yeah. Comes out mm-hmm. July 5th. And even putting this on my list, I'm still like, gosh, am I going to like this? I don't know, but I have I have to find out. This is about two friends. It's between Sam and Sadie. They reconnect. They had been at Harvard together. One day in December, Sam is in his junior year at Harvard and he exits a subway car and sees, amid hundreds of people waiting on the platform, Sadie Green. He calls her name and for a moment she pretends she hasn't heard of him. But then she turns and a game begins. These two had been friends since childhood. They reconnect at this time and move forward starting their own video game, which is where it honestly, truly lost me. And and I was like, oh no. But then if that sounds like, nope, not for me, keep listening because they collaborate, they create a blockbuster video game. And overnight, not even 25 years old, they become sensations. They're brilliant. They're successful. They're rich. But These qualities won't protect them from their own ambitions or betrayals of their hearts. And here's what really, really got me. This story spans 30 years and goes from Cambridge, Massachusetts, to Venice Beach, and everywhere in between. This is a story about identity, disability, failure, and the coming together of creative partners. In the world of video game design, yes, but it sounds like it's more about them and their love and friendship for each other because at the end of the synopsis, it says, yes, it is a love story, but it is not one you have heard before. Uh Uh-oh. And that I really need to know. Also, it's got vibes of tragedy along with fame so that was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin.
0: Yes. I have heard good things, early reviews, that if you don't like video games, that's okay. <laughs> You'll still good. enjoy the story. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. My next one, I'm pretty sure at least crossed your radar, and I'm nervous it's on your list. Okay. It's Groupies by Sarah Priscus. Not on your no, list? Okay, no. This cover... I want to be this cover. It's so (laughs) gorgeous. Like, I'm like, who is this person on the cover? Can they be real or are they an illustration? So it's 1977 and Fawn Novak is in love with rock and roll. After her mother's death, Fawn grabs her Polaroid and hops a Greyhound bus to LA. It's the City of Angels. And there she reconnects with her charismatic childhood friend, Josie, who's now an up-and-coming model and a muse. To make their reunion even sweeter, Josie is now dating Cal Holiday, the front man of the superstar rock band Holiday Sun. Fawn is mesmerized, but not just mesmerized by the band, but she's really interested in the groupies who follow the band and support them unconditionally. So she becomes obsessive with her photography and captures every aspect of this dazzling new world and finds herself struggling to balance her artistic ambitions with the band's expectations. And she's also starting to lose a little bit of herself. And just as everything is going great and her boring old life is falling away, She realizes just how blind she has been to some of the darkest corners of this glamorous world. And as the summer heats up, everything spirals out of control. I want, yes. I mean, immediately, yes. It reminds me of Almost Famous, the movie, and Daisy Jones and the Six. So I'm like, please let this be good. I have very, very high hopes for this one. It is Groupies by Sarah Priscus. That's how funny
1: that I did see that. And this is how my mind works, which is so wrong. But I saw the title, Groupies, and I was like, I don't even, I'm not even going to look at that because I bet it's about music and I'm not in the mood for music. So I didn't even Mm -hmm. look at it, but that sounds
0: so good. Well, music books for me are hit or miss. So if there's like pages and pages of fake music lyrics, I'm going to be upset (laughs) because, you know, I can't do a fake Lyrics in my book, but I I think it's more about the girls' friendship. It's about the underbelly of rock and roll fame. It's about these groupies. I saw somewhere mention Led Zeppelin, which is my favorite band. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if there's some sort of like tie in to what happened in real life, like I am, I'll let you know. I'll report back. Yes, please do. Okay. My next
1: one, I'm going into thriller territory with Firstborn by Will Dean comes out July. This was
0: on my long list, but I cut it. Oh, good. Okay, Okay. Okay.
1: This is, oh, I love the sound of this. It's about two sisters, twins. They are soulmates, but strangers. Molly Raven lives a quiet, structured life in London. She finds comfort in security and routine. Meanwhile, her identical twin, Katie, is living in New York, and she's living a life full of spontaneity and adventure And one day, Molly hears that Katie has died and has possibly been murdered, and she decides she has to travel to New York and find out what happened. But as she tracks her twins' final movements, cracks begin to emerge, and she slowly realizes that her sister was not who she thought she was, and a dangerous web of deceit is surrounding both of them. I love the sound of this, but what I'm hoping makes this even more tantalizing is the fact that they're identical twins. So I'm already wondering what happens when she goes to New York and will she be mistaken for Katie, who was possibly murdered? I have no idea. I haven't read any reviews. I know nothing about it. But that's
0: Firstborn by Will Dean. I do like twins that play with identity. That's a, Or even just regular people that are able to do it. That's a, mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Next up is A Hundred Other Girls by Iman Hariri Kia. And this book is about a Middle Eastern American blogger who gets the opportunity of a lifetime when she's hired at the magazine she's idolized her entire life. But it kind of sounds similar to my last book or a couple books ago. She has to decide how much she's willing to sacrifice to climb the corporate ladder. And Nora is a Middle Eastern American aspiring writer, amateur blogger, and recent NYU grad, which is all a glamorous way of saying she tutors the wealthy Upper East Side kids and is currently crashing on her sister's couch. <laughs> So she gets this opportunity to work at Vinyl and to be an assistant to the iconic editor-in-chief, Loretta James. She's like, yes, absolutely, I'm jumping at this chance. And she sees this as a way to get her dream career, but she obviously quickly is exposed to the darker side of Vinyl's glitz and glam. There is competition between the elite print team and the the woke-for-the-wrong-reasons digital team. They're kind of sabotaging each other in-house, poaching talent and exposing secrets, and both sides are trying to use her as a spy in their corporate warfare. So not only is she trying to keep up with relentless demands of her job and her goals, she is trying to navigate her new friendships with a brilliant editor, a fallout with her sister, and an ill-advised attraction to the hot IT guy. And so mm-hmm. this is an insider's take on the changing media industry, an ode to sisterhood, and a profound exploration of what it means to chase your dreams. And I'm like, oh. oh, I love workplace books. I love, like, kind of— ascending the corporate ladder and all of the complications that come with it. Also with a tinge of the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, so yeah. I was like, all right, I got to try this. It's A Hundred Other Girls by Iman Hariri Kia. That sounds so good. I haven't heard of that. Is that your workplace book that you were talking about? That one, yes. Hundred Other Girls is my workplace book. And then my other one is, well, Body Grammar is technically workplace, oh. even though she is a, a model. Okay. And there's another one too, I thought. Oh, NSFW.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, then you may not have heard of my workplace book, which I'm going to bring after this next one. So you may, I'm, I'm curious to tell you about that. But first, I bet this is on your radar, if not on your long list of thrillers for the summer. It is The It Girl by Ruth Ware. Oh, Yeah, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it comes it's out not July on my list 12th. here, but yeah, of course, it's okay. on my radar. Comes out
1: July 12th. This is my gamble, actually. I mean, along with the Gabrielle's Evan, but I, I trust in Gabrielle's Evan. This one is a gamble because I've only read one other Ruth Ware in a dark, dark wood, and I didn't like it. But this sounds so good, I can't pass it up. This is a murder mystery that's being. Build as one that will keep you on the edge of your seat. And this is a friendship murder mystery. You have April Clark, and she meets Hannah Jones at Oxford. April is vivacious, bright, sometimes vicious, and she is the ultimate it girl. She pulls Hannah into her dazzling orbit, and together... They end up becoming inseparable friends and expand their friend group with some other students who become very close friends. They are Will, Hugh, Ryan, and Emily. They all become fast, devoted, loyal friends during their first term. By the end of the year, however, April is dead. Fast forward 10 years later, Hannah and Will are expecting their first child, and the man convicted of killing April, former Oxford porter John Neville, has died in prison. One day, April opens her door to a young journalist who is there to talk with her and presents new evidence that Neville may have been innocent. So Hannah then reconnects with her old friends and They all delve deeper into the mystery of April's death. However, Hannah soon realizes that the friends she thought she knew all have something to hide, including a murder. And that was The It Girl by Ruth Ware. I mean,
0: come on. Friends, friends group, secret, like obviously. Secret murder. I mean. Yeah, clearly. Presumed innocent. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll love it. My next book is called Kismet by Amina Akhtar. This one comes out on August first. They're calling this a darkly funny thriller, which I'm like, all right. It's about wellness, the smoothies, the secrets, and the deliciously deadly impulses. So you have lifelong New Yorker Ronnie Khan, who never thought she'd leave Queens. She's not an aim high, dream big kind of person until she meets socialite wellness guru Marley Dewhurst. Marley isn't just a visionary; she's a revelation. So, seduced by this fever dream of finding her best self, Ronnie makes for the desert mountains of Sedona, Arizona. Healing yoga, transcendent hikes, epic epic juice cleanses, Ronnie consumes her new bougie existence like a fine wine. But is it really? Or is this whole self-care business a little sour? When glam gurus around town start showing up gruesomely murdered, Ronnie has her answer. Not all is well in wellness Town. And as Marley's blind ambition veers into madness, Ronnie fears for her life. And I'm like, it sounds a little bit like Nine Perfect Strangers by Leon Moriarty. But I'm like, you know what? I didn't read that. I watched the show, though. I think this sounds so fun. The cover is amazing. The pool is filled with blood. (laughs) It's really nice. So yeah, that's Kismet. Amina Akhtar.
1: Okay, that sounds super good. And I didn't see that at all in my research. Wow.
0: You're oh gonna, my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Do the do your next one because I if you take this next one I'm gonna be uh, upset. So the, go. <laughs> my next
1: one is my is the workplace. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. It's also set in Hollywood.
0: No. Okay. I'm done okay. with Hollywood. I think.
1: All right. Well, then you okay. Then you may not know about this and you might like the sound of it. It's the Work Wife by Allison Hart comes out. I can't picture it. Okay. Yay. Comes out July 19th and this is about Zany Klein. She had never planned to be a personal assistant to Hollywood royalty, Ted and Holly Stabler. But a decade in, she's 38, and that's exactly how she spends her days earning six figures to make sure the movie mogul and his family have everything they could possibly dream of and more. However, today is no ordinary day at the Stabler estate. Tonight there's going to be a party. It's the Hollywood event of the season. And if it's a success, Zany's going to be offered a chief of staff job that she has been chasing, which means she can buy a house, give her girlfriend the life she deserves, and pay off her student loans. Nothing's going to get in her way. Not the disgruntled staff, not a nosy reporter, not even a runaway hostess. But during the party, when Ted's former business partner, Phoebe, unexpectedly shows up right before go time... Zany suddenly has a catastrophe unfolding before her, one with explosive consequences. There's something here involving truth, lies, deception. It sounds like it comes out during the party and Zany has to make a choice whether she's willing to sacrifice for the job, whether that sacrifice is gonna be worth her moral conscience. This whole story is told over the course of a single day, and there's three perspectives. It's a story about female ambition, complicity, privilege, and what happens when the brightest of stars aren't allowed to shine. And that's
0: The Work Wife by Allison Hart. Yeah, I have not seen this one at all, but you're absolutely right. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like something I would love. How funny, right? It's funny to
1: see what ones jump out to us. And and isn't the cover the cover summary. The cover mm-hmm. looks the colors are really eye-catching. I'm really hoping that this turns into like like a rich people behaving badly but with a glamorous Hollywood movie, you know, vibe to it. Yeah. which it sounds like, but I hope it lives up to that. It sounds like it could be good.
0: So we'll see. Next for me is The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland. And this one comes out on August 19th. It's about this woman. After a failed attempt at escape, the princess of a tiny kingdom begins to reevaluate her life. So you have Caroline, who is a former marathon runner. She dropped out of school at 14 to pursue her dreams of being in the Olympics. And she was the perfect candidate for a tiara. She is beautiful, disciplined, accustomed to public attention and utterly uneducated. And she meets Finn, the handsome prince of a small European kingdom, and her fate is sealed. With the collar of pearls locked around her throat and a rope of diamonds leashing her to a balcony, Caroline uses her once powerful body to smile, wave, and produce children with perfect grace. But now she's beginning to open her eyes to the world around her, and kind of look within. And she discovers that she may have entered a bargain that cannot be undone. sounds like this is loosely based on Princess Diana. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, I must, must read this Mm -hmm. book. Gorgeous cover. I am so intrigued. And I can't wait to see how it turns out. This book is The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland.
1: I definitely want to read that. It's so good. I don't know. It sounds
0: really good and so different. Oh, yeah. To
1: what what I would normally pick up.
0: I'm like, wait, I feel like, have we not had a book like this before? Like, this just sounds. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we have. I just don't know about it. But yeah, I'm like buzzing about that one. Yeah, it sounds
1: so good. All right. I'm going into August as well with my next pick. And it's Dirt Creek by Haley Scrivener. This comes out August 2nd. The initial sentence setup is all I needed to know, but I will tell you more. It's a debut mystery billed as The Dry by Jane Harper meets Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. And that's Mm -hmm. all I need. Uh, Both of those are five stars for me. But this story is about 12-year-old Esther, and she disappears on the way home from school in a small town in rural Australia. Soon, the community is in a state of chaos as suspicions swirl. Temperatures are rising during the hottest spring in decades when Detective Sergeant Sarah Michaels arrives and begins her investigation. Also starting her own amateur investigation is Esther's best friend, Ronnie, who is determined to find Esther and bring her home. Questions start to bubble to the surface when a school friend named Lewis tells Ronnie that he saw Esther with a strange man at the creek the afternoon she went missing. Why is Lewis refusing to speak to the police? And who else is lying about how much they know about what has happened to Esther? And that's all enough to make me want to read this. Uh, I don't know if I can wait till August, but that's Dirt Creek (laughs) by Haley Scribner. Yes, I
0: I saw this one, and then I saw Detective Inspector. I was like, no, (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) All right, I'm going to wrap things up with my 10th book. This book is My Dirty California. This one comes out on August 30th. This is a literary thriller about a young man who descends into the L.A. underworld to find his family's killer, aided by a group of strangers with their own shadowy pasts. And I'm like, hello, what does this remind us of? Razorblade tears, potentially. (gasps) Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So you have Marty, and he is returning to Pennsylvania after living in California for 10 years. He is happily welcomed by his father and older brother, Jody. However, their reunion is short-lived because two days later, his brother enters the house to find their father, and Marty shot dead as their mass killer flees out the back door. Without any answers from local police, Jody takes it upon himself to head to LA to figure out who murdered his family and why. And so he finds some of these strange videos recorded by his brother that lead him into the city's most dangerous corners where he comes up against drug dealers, crooked cops, surf gangs, and black market profiteers. And as his investigation expands, it also intersects with Penn, who is a documentary filmmaker. And, you know, he's got his own ideas. There's an undocumented immigrant who has a theory. There's a a young mother who is desperate to support her only child. So he starts to come into some of these other folks that might have connections that could lead him to what happened. This is said to be cinematic, suspenseful, and intricately plotted. And it explores the darker side of the glamorous Golden State. And that was My Dirty California by Jason Mosberg. Yeah, I'm going to be heading to NetGalley and getting trying to get that immediately. Oh, it
1: sounds good, right? I'm like, ooh, and it's a pink cover. (laughs) Love a pink book. Oh, that sounds so good. All right. My last book is a most definite trusted author, and it's Girl Forgotten by Karen Slaughter. Comes out August 23rd. Oh, gosh. This has everything I could possibly want This is a murder story. It is set in Longbill Beach in 1982 to start. Emily Vaughn is getting ready for the prom. She's an athlete. She's smart, pretty, and well-liked. But this night should be the highlight of her high school career. However, Emily has a secret. And by the end of the evening, that secret will be silenced forever. I love that. I love a secret setup in the 1980s. Sounds like the next part of the story moves forward 40 years later, and Emily's murder is still a mystery. Her tight-knit group of friends closed ranks, her respected wealthy family retreated inward, and the small town moved on from her murder. But all that's about to change. Enter U.S. Marshal Andrea Oliver, who arrives in Long Bill Beach on her first assignment. To protect a judge receiving death threats. But in reality, Andrea is there to find justice for Emily because the killer is still out there and Andrea must discover the truth before she gets silenced, too. I love the sound of all of that. So that is Girl Forgotten by Karen Slaughter. I mean, it's Karen Slaughter. It could, I don't care. It's Karen Slaughter. I'm like, all
0: right, what do you got for us
1: today? (laughs) You know, you know that it's going to be well plotted. It's, it's going to be going gritty. To probably be, it's going to be, I was going to say, it's going to be dark. And it sounds like maybe, I don't know, I have no idea if this could be the start of maybe a new series if she's bringing in a U.S. Marshal.
0: So maybe. That'll work I don't just know, fine for you.
1: <laughs> lo- I love it.
0: All right. So like we did last year, I hope you all enjoyed our summer bonanza list. I know I'm buzzing. I'm like, how can I read all of these immediately? Because <laughs> I really want to. But I'm going to ask you, Renee, like you asked me last year, which book on this list are you looking the most forward to?
1: This is extremely tough. I I got it. We got it. It's a hard-hitting question, but. It's very hard. And I really, really want to read all of these immediately. And this is going to be so unusual, right? But I cannot stop thinking about it. It's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Yeah, you It's my biggest gamble. But also, I, I don't think can't it'll be a gamble for it.
0: you. I think it's—I think you're going to love it. I swear to God, you mentioned that book in like December, I think, or like it was I forever did. I've ago. I had a copy for a long yeah. time. Yeah, so I—I I think that was a good selection for you. What about you? Um, the one I'm looking the most forward to is Groupies by Sarah Priscus. And oh, as we were okay. recording, I just got a copy, so thank you, William Morrow. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm like, ah. Uh. Oh,
1: I can't wait for you to tell us if that lives up to the vibes that you're hoping it does. Well,
0: Renee. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And don't forget, if you would like to access our exclusive bonus content, you can join us for five dollars a month on Patreon.com/slash/BookTalk/etc. And thank you so much to our Discord moderators Zach at Zachary.Goodreads and Genevieve at Genevieve.Reading for moderating our Discord. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to BookTalk/etc at
1: gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at Book Talk Etc. on Instagram, Tina at TBR Etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember... Everything's better with books.
0: Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. Renee. What? (laughs) What? What? you were waiting were you waiting for a et cetera? no i said on and i'm renee all right let's start over
1: <laughs> did it maybe out? you froze
0: <gasps> I, I was gonna so. say
1: i said it and then you were like yeah because
0: <laughs> i looked at you and you're like
1: <gasps> no i said it that's so funny i must have froze <sighs> all right here we go again take two